You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome back to another episode of the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Mitchell Shirk, and finally getting into spring. Hey, we are here. It is among us. And, uh, guys, I hope you uh, hope you have a good holiday weekend here, Easter weekend. Um, I'm not going to lie. This, this first quarter of this year has just been a blur. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. And I can't believe that I've got like absolutely nothing done in the world of preparation and off-season work that I like to typically do for hunting. Really, my priority and my focus has been a a completely different topic of things. Right now, I am in the process of getting uh, a new roof put on our house. I've been coordinating that project. I have some friends coming over, going to be ripping off the roof of my house and getting it prepped and then having somebody come and put shingles on. And uh, that's going to lead into, uh, it all started because I have this, uh, this added on like sunroom to my house and we wanted to redo the inside of it and kind of insulate it, put new flooring in. And we started ripping stuff out and realized that we had a, a leak in our roof at a spot and there was rotted plywood it's like oh the joys of home ownership so that led into having to dig into a little bit more of the roof issue that we're having and ended up you know we're going to redo our roof and then we're going to you know redo this back room so like 2023 has just been so far nothing but home improvements and spending money that's what i feel it's been like and uh, not gonna lie it's a little painful sometimes when i think about you know, things I want to do versus the things I have to do. But I mean, let's face it, that's life. Um, you know, it, it's kind of painful for me to admit that openly that like, I've got nothing done, no preparation in, in hunting, which a couple of years ago, that would have really irked me. And I probably wouldn't have even admitted that. And not, not that it's still not a little bit, yeah, just gets under my skin kind of thing. I have no to- no problem admitting that because, like I said, one of the things that I'm really trying to pr- uh, focus in this year is just fine tuning my priorities in my life. Um, you know, you know, things with my family and my house, and and just really like like this house project thing is one of those things where I'm just kind of like picking back up where I left off and neglect of things we wanted to do and just haven't done. So just trying to do that, but. Um, you know, that's that's a really good key into our episode this week. And uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be open and and real with you guys. This week's episode is a lot different than most of the episodes that you've heard on our show. Um this week we are speaking with Merle Fredericks from Christian Bow Hunters of America. And you know, with my show you know, you know, my show being a Friday launch every year, that means I'm always going to have an episode on Good Friday. So today is Good Friday. If you're tuning in today, ha- um, happy Good Friday. And I really, really wanted to do an episode that just went through talking about the passion we have. And, you know, for me, it's bow hunting. And uh, but, but digging in a little bit deeper than that and just talk about life in general and how it relates to this passion and uh, I couldn't think of a better better way to do this than to chat with Merle. I met him at the ATA show, and we had some great conversations, and we're back and forth. And <clears throat> we dive into a little bit about Merle, how he 
um, you, you know, first of all, how, what what his life looked like to this point up in time, uh, where he is now a leader in Christian Boners America. Um, you know, you'll hear that he was a he was a police officer and a family man and, and a bow hunter, and the the balancing and the learning that he went through to now as a as a as a leader in this ministry and a, also a pastor. And uh, he's going to share some pretty cool experiences, pretty cool comparisons, and he's going to talk uh, scripture to you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be open with that. You know, if that's something that you guys don't want to listen to, you know, by all means, you don't have to. But I challenge you and, and hope that you do, because uh, the message he's talking about in this Easter weekend, to me, is my number one priority in my mind and heart. And uh, it's a truth that I hope that everybody that listens to this either knows or has a desire to pursue and learn what it's about. So I'm not going to go any farther than that. I'm going to let you listen to everything that Merle and I have uh, have invested in here. Th- this episode made me think. It th- Talking with Merle, there were things that he brought up in this conversation that I either hadn't put any thought into or you know it resurfaced as far as, man, I, I should really curb my mind in the way I think or approach that specific topic within my life. And uh, I think it's a relatable conversation. So let's roll with that. And before we get to this episode, I want to make our shout out and do our housekeeping. Um, Radix Hunting, guys, if you are looking to expand your trail camera inventory this year, you need to check out Radix Hunting. They have whatever you need as far as conventional cameras versus cellular cameras. Uh, quality that you can't beat, especially when it comes to image quality and video quality, comparable and affordable. And then the other thing I want to make mention is they've got accessories. You know, if you're somebody like I, I've, uh, I've been part of putting cameras in food plots where you take a T post, a fence post, and you smack it down in there. And I usually have Yogi Bear come and knock it off or, you know, you're, you're dealing with trying to smash it with a rock. Uh, Stick and Pick is some of their trail camera accessories that you can get a camera placed perfectly around a food plot or if you've got a crooked tree and you want to use a tree mount. Really, really handy stuff. I encourage you to check out Radix Hunting, RadixHunting.com. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Now let's get to this episode. Hey, on the phone with me this evening, I'm speaking with Merle Fredericks. Merle, thanks for taking some time out of your day and, and chatting with us. Well, thank you, Mitchell, for the invitation. It's always uh, uh, a privilege uh, to not only talk about bow hunting, but to uh, talk about Jesus, that's for sure. You better believe it. So we, we kind of connected at ATA, and we've uh, we've we've been back and forth. You're a busy guy. You're all over the place in, in speaking engagements and stuff like that, which is, is really great. I mean, I... Please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what you do for a living and what what uh, Christian Bow Hunters of America is about. Okay, sure. Well, just a little bit about myself. First of all, um, I'm 61 years old. I'm retired from 25 years of law enforcement and uh, happily married to my beautiful wife, Mitzi. We've been married 43 years and... Uh, uh, we'll be married 44 years this coming September. She also is a bow hunter and uh, enjoys uh, going with me on different trips uh, around the country and uh, not only for CBA, but also for chasing critters. Uh, we have uh, uh, three beautiful children and their spouses and eight grandchildren. And uh, we have a great grandchild on the way, uh, born, well, uh, scheduled to be born in October of this year. So I'm going to be a great grandpa. So uh, that's a little bit about me personally. I also, in addition to uh, loving the outdoors and being a longtime bow hunter and gun hunter, I, I think I've been a bow hunter for probably, I don't know, 45 years and a gun hunter even longer. And uh, I also teach bow hunter education. I'm a master instructor in New York State, certified master instructor, instructor and I've been doing that for uh, 18 years. And again, my wife, Mitzi. Um, she's my best friend. She goes along with me on all of our adventures and, uh, she is uh, still working at the school, uh, but, uh, uh, makes a lot of, uh, of her time available for me. And she uh, teaches bow hunterette as well. She travels with me with, for Christian bow hunters of America. And, uh, she's, uh, literally my right hand man to, 
So a little bit about CBA. I became uh, a member of Christian Bowhunters of America back in 1992. I was still employed and raising a family. Uh, the ministry actually was founded in 1984 in the state of Michigan by David Ruse. He's a, a pastor, Reverend David Ruse. He uh, lives in the Cadillac area. And uh, God laid it on his heart uh, to start this ministry and to reach bow hunters and archers for Christ. So I went to a national event in 1992 and I joined uh, CBA and was a member for many years before I got very active, to be very honest with you. I was pretty much a consumer. I was the guy that went to church um, and uh, participated in all the fun CBA events, but I really didn't do a lot of ministry work. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to when I retired in 2003, we started a chapter in Medina, New York, and we called ourselves the Bow Bending Believers. And uh, we uh, started doing all kinds of events in our area, game dinners, youth events. And we actually had 16 uh, very successful game dinners over the years uh, where we in, uh, invited uh, big names uh, to come and to speak and to share the outdoors and ultimately present the gospel. Russell Thornberry, who used to write for Buckmaster Magazine, uh, Actually, Phil Robertson uh, came out and spoke at one of our events. Uh, so we had a lot of uh, big name speakers over the years. And I think we've seen, I think over 350 people come to Christ and another couple hundred people rededicate their lives to the Lord. And so the national office seen what we were doing in Medina, New York, and they asked me if I would be interested in getting on the board and maybe even becoming the chapter coordinator. So in 2005, I got on the board of directors. I also became the chapter coordinator and uh, was uh, serving on the national level. And uh, to make a long story short, fast forward to 2014, I was uh, unanimously uh, appointed by our board of directors to serve as the new executive director. And I've been serving in this capacity since 2014. We have an excellent uh, board of directors, uh, CBA members that are from all over the country. And uh, uh, these people really have a heart for the lost really love the outdoors and are very supportive of me. Um, and I think that's why CBA is so successful. We mm -hmm. put God first and then uh, we have a very servant mentality and we are different from a lot of organizations that are uh, primarily or predominantly men or boy oriented. We are very much a family oriented ministry. So all of our, uh, our events, men, women, and children are invited to, to come and to participate and uh so i could go on and on and on but so, so you'll have to, you'll have to yeah. <laughs> no I, I really love you talking about this journey because you just compacted a lot of time uh to to show my age a little bit you talked about 1992 you brought that up i was born in 94 so okay. just to show some age on you uh, yeah. but uh no the uh it's it's so neat so i, I kind of want to I want to go back a little bit. So you, you you said you're retired from law enforcement. I'm kind yep. of curious what um, what did law what does law enforcement look like? Were, were you um, you know were you a police officer for 25 years for for the state? Or tell me a little bit about your career and what that was like um, midst being an avid hunter, an avid bow hunter, and also a family individual. Sure. Um, I I would have to begin this conversation by crediting my father, who was. Uh, a longtime law enforcement officer in our community as well. He actually worked in a village police department um, for 25 years and then ultimately went to the sheriff's office and served as an undersheriff uh, for another 14 years. So he, when he retired, he uh, completed 40 years of retirement or of law enforcement, but he was the one who encouraged me to get involved with law enforcement. I began um, in uh, the early 80s and I started in a very small police department that only had four full-time officers and like eight part-time officers. And I was a full-time officer for three and a half years. It was a very small village um, uh, in Orleans County. And uh, boy, I was glad when an opening came up with the Sheriff's Department because I was able to go to a much bigger department and have a lot more jurisdiction. And I worked as a deputy sheriff for many years and uh, worked on the road and, you know, conducted uh, motor vehicle accident investigations. Uh, uh, I wrote a lot of vehicle and traffic law uh, citations. I did minor uh, criminal investigation. And then in 2000, or I, guess, I guess it was 1987 or 89, I was promoted to a criminal investigator. And I worked in that capacity for 11 years. And I did everything basically from harassment to homicide. I seen a lot of ugly things. I seen a lot of 
the depraved society that uh, that is out there even uh, even worse today. And then I went on, Mitchell, to uh, continue uh, climbing the ladder, if you will, and I uh, became uh, the county sheriff. I actually ran in an election, um, won the election overwhelmingly, and served uh, for five years as the elected county sheriff. I had uh, 150 employees. I was in charge of uh, three divisions, the criminal division, the civil division, and the jail division, as well as the 911 dispatch center. And uh, I really enjoyed that um, and uh, was very grateful to have uh, had that opportunity to be promoted uh, because, quite frankly, I'll be very honest with you, I believe that uh, my years as a, uh, a county sheriff pre prepared me for ministry and allowed me ultimately to become and serve as the executive director of Christian Bohorners of America, which is basically you know dealing with people and uh, and with money and uh, doing it. Uh, with integrity. And uh, so God has blessed uh, me and allowed me to uh, to have uh, this position as a result of my role in, in law enforcement. But yeah, it did shape me. Um, it did help me uh, to, to uh, learn to um, uh, work with people, uh, victims of crimes, and to have compassion uh, for those folks that went through dark and difficult times in their life. It afforded me the opportunity to have some some victorious moments where we arrested right. the bad guys and we, we recovered the stolen property and did the good things. Uh, but when I uh, went from criminal investigator to county sheriff, I spent more time doing administrative stuff and I was no longer really a, a cop in the trenches. I right. was dealing with personnel issues and, and budgets and dealing with the legislatures and all those things. So yeah, all the leadership role things, changes, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Yeah. But all of those things have, have uh, you know, framed me and helped me to become the person I am today. Absolutely. You know, it takes a special individual. So, first of all, hats off to you and thank you for your service at the level you did because it takes a special individual, in my opinion, to be able to handle that line of work because it's 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 mentally, physically, and, and just socially – draining i mean you have to be mentally to me it takes a very very mentally strong individual and i think mental strength has to come from spiritual strength too but i'm, I'm kind of curious you know on the on the bow hunter side you've been a bow hunter for a long time through your career was bow hunting the release that you needed throughout that journey of such in my mind what had to be an incredible journey of a career without question uh um there were times uh, in my life where I just had to grab my archery gear and head to a tree stand or a ground blind and just get away from it all because of the stress that's involved with the day-to-day -day, uh, routine of, of being a law enforcement officer. There's a lot of there's a lot of stress that goes along with it because um, there's a lot of things that are frustrating that you don't have any control over. You have to do things by the book. You have to bite your tongue a lot and uh, and uh, you don't like to see the way some people get away with things because you don't have enough evidence to convict them or arrest them, even in some cases. So, yeah, my stress reliever was heading to the tree stand. And uh, whether, uh, whether or not I was successful or not, there was nothing like uh, breathing in uh, that fresh fall air and uh, watching the leaves fall and just watching the critters run around and if you were blessed to have an opportunity and, and get a shot at a, at a deer on a particular afternoon or uh, Saturday had off once in a while, then uh, that was a real stress reliever. Mm. And I'm very grateful for that. But I was not really uh, a good bow hunter, to be very honest with you. <laughs> I, uh, I learned uh, the hard way, and uh, I have my master's degree in the School of Hard Knocks. I made a lot of boneheaded decisions. And, and who uh, hasn't? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, of course, compounds years ago, today, you know, your, a lot of your bows are 80% let off, 85% let off. And I think the, my very first compound bow was was a bear bow, and it was actually, in 1985, it was a 50% let off. Okay. And uh, I went from 85 until 94, flinging all kinds of arrows at all kinds of critters until I, I harvested my first buck. So I went through 11 years of, uh, I don't know if you remember, again, you're probably too... Uh, too young for this, but wide world of sports, they always had the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory. Well, mine was the agony of defeat for many years. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me, like, what was, 
was it finally just a little bit of luck happened your way or what was the transition that finally led you into the, the, the next step of uh, flinging arrows and connected on something? Well, I think it's the same for anybody and everybody. I think it's, you know what, you're either going to uh, go out there and you're going to, you know, be serious about what you're doing or you're going to uh, go out there just for the, the sheer recreation of it. So I decided to invest in better equipment. I decided to invest in more time on the archery range. And I wanted to become a lot more proficient. And uh, and I knew that um, I, I had had many opportunities over the years and I blew the opportunities because I either moved too quickly or I shot and misjudged the field distance. So I started attending a lot of 3D shoots, which really helped me a lot because, you know, you can shoot in your, back, uh, your backyard all day long at known distances, 10, 20, 30, 40, but it's humbling to go on a 3D course and shoot at different uh, targets at different distances, and uh, uh, you find out that you're not as good as you think you are. I remember the very first 3D shoot I went to was actually a 3D shoot that was hosted by Christian Bowhunters of America. It was in Gem City Sportsman's Club, Erie, Pennsylvania. Charlie Alzheimer was the keynote mm -hmm. speaker that weekend, and uh, it, was a, it was a great event, and it was a 40-target course, and they hooked me up with a guy from Pennsylvania. This is the God's honest truth. I was really excited about this because I thought I was really good and I was going to do great on the range. And uh, I started out with uh, a dozen brand new arrows. And when I shot that 40 target course, when I was all done, I had one arrow left. I lost 11 arrows and I, the only arrow that I had was bent. So that was a very humbling uh, 3D course for me. <laughs> but shortly after that, I got better and better. And the Lord has been blessing me, uh, you know, probably I would say since 1990. 1996 I've been pretty pretty um, uh, uh, consistent in harvesting uh, animals out in the woods so one of the things that I think every single hunter bow hunter struggles with probably to some degree some worse than others I know myself I talk about this on my show and talk about my friends and family and loved ones that bow hunting can be a very selfish endeavor. It's a time. It's you know you talked about investing in better equipment. There's a time investment associated with it, and not that you can't do things in a in a positive light. That's that's not selfish, but it's a very gray area. Like it, it's it's you have to make some pretty tough decisions. I fight with them all the time right now as a young father and husband making the right decision. That's not overly selfish, but you know when you're in your solitude of bow hunting and that like you, you can find yourself in some pretty crazy ideas and places as a bow hunter. And I'm kind of curious, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool that you, you mentioned that, uh, CBA is very family oriented and you were talking about, you know, your, your chronological process of becoming a, a proficient bow hunter and that journey that everybody goes through. Can you enlighten us on any experiences you had good or bad in selfish, endeavor or or keeping that uh keeping that wolf at bay so to speak and not missing the true purpose of uh what god has given you with that gift as a bow hunter yeah there's a fine line if you read in the book of romans there's a verse that says that uh, uh, people became so um sinful that they actually became work work they worship the creator creation instead of the creator forgive me mm-hmm and uh, so there's a fine line for us bull hunters, um, even guys that are even good Christian men or good, even if they're not Christian men, if they're ethical, moral people, um, they uh, they they don't think they're worshiping white tailed deer, but uh, they are, for example, um, if they're if they're putting uh, that as a priority in their life. And I think that was some of the struggles I had early on in my life. I would I, too, was raising a young, young family. And whenever I made. A purchase of any archery equipment or anything that um, um, that I wanted or needed uh, to make me better, um, I know that our family had to sacrifice, um, and our family had to go without. And uh, so my wife was very supportive of me, um, and uh, and I'm very thankful that she was. But uh, yeah, um, um, there's there's a there's a fine line between um, you know paying the bills, being responsible. And then doing what you want to do personally, but once you do make uh, the investment, you you, you still got to keep your priorities in line, and that is including 
um, in my life anyways, God has got to be first. And when you get that out of perspective, you know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Well, if you get your priorities out of whack and you're and you're pursuing the game and you're not trying to please God in your life, then God's going to give you opportunities in the woods. But he's also going to bring a lot of frustration into your life because he's not number one in your life. If you go back to the book of Exodus, when Moses got the Ten Commandments, um, God said to Moses, he goes, um, thou shall have no other gods. Thou shall serve no other graven images, for I am a jealous God. And when God is saying he's jealous, he's not jealous in the sense that we're jealous. He's just jealous in the sense where he wants us to be, he wants to be number one in our lives. So I found, Mitchell, to be very honest with you, that when my bow hunting began to be successful is when I put God as a priority in my life. I made him the head of my house. I uh, I did not do anything as far as purchasing equipment um, or um, uh, pursuing um, whitetails or, or going to different states unless um, I, I took it to prayer with my wife and we agreed that this is something that I could do. And, uh, and you know what? When we did that and we began to put God first in our life, God not only honored us, uh, but he blessed us and allowed me to become more successful. And, uh, and a lot of people might think that's kind of hokey, but that's the God's honest truth. And uh, God will show favor in your life if you put him number one in your life. And I'm, I'm just a, a living testimony of how, of how he has done that time and time again. And uh, so that is a, a major ingredient, mm -hmm. even though that sounds like an easy thing to do. It's a discipline. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, you have to discipline yourself to make God first in your life and then all these other things in life, um, God will bless you in um, if that's something that, you know, is a desire of yours. Uh, but um, if you get those things out of whack, that's when you're going to have problems. Well, you brought up a good point there that I want to kind of reflect on a little bit. So I've done this show with a number of fantastic guests, really, really well successful, accomplished hunters. And uh, a lot of them have said, you know, something along the lines in the surface of you got to have support at home. You can't, uh, you can't leave the household home. Uh, you you got to be in, in it in your mind and know that you're not feeling guilty when you leave home. And I've heard it on other shows too, and other people talk about, you know, you got to make sure you you keep the family and 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 uh, the the words brownie points get used so much. And I think a lot of the people that say that. There's nothing bad about what they're saying or, or, or their, their, their heart in their, what they're saying and what they mean by that. However, I, this is the first time I'm openly admitting this. I actually really can't stand that ideology of brownie points, you know, brownie points in the off season with my wife. So that way I earn to go hunting. It, it, it doesn't work like that in my mind. It doesn't work like you do so many good things to check in the box and that then forces you or allows you or, or, or just provides you instant opportunity to go and pursue the things in the fall or if in the off season for preparation. Um, you brought up a great point, and it's one that nobody talks about. It was talking about your goals with your spouse, talking about your goals and what you have accomplished, and talking about it together rather than because because how many? I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, especially on a show like I, I'm talking about that and preparing with my wife. It's usually I want to go out west and I want to go on an elk hunt. Or I want to go on a mule deer hunt. So I'm going to plan to do it. I'm just going to go do it. This is when I'm going to do it. I, I mean, in my rambling that I'm bringing on, like, do you have any any enlightenment on those statements I just made? Just because I'm, that's how I stand on that. Well, let me let me as always default to God's word. Before this uh, podcast began, I prayed. I prayed for you, and I prayed for me, and I prayed for God to be glorified by our time together. And I will always default to God's word. And here's the thing: there's a mentality out there, and people know this scripture that women are to be submissive, they're to submit to their husbands. Well, that's absolutely true. But you know what it also says about husbands? It says husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Mm. And how did Christ love the church? He died for the church. He gave his very life for the 
for the church. Well, here's my here's the philosophy I've adopted in my life. Okay, I don't build up brownie points per se. I love my wife all day long, every day. My wife works at the school. When she goes to school, I do the dishes. I vacuum. If there's laundry that needs to be done, I take care of the laundry. And then I go up into my office and I do Christian Bowhorners of America business all day long. And uh, if and that includes me hauling wood and keeping the fire warm. And I, I also like to cook uh, uh, regularly. Uh, my wife will come home to a nice hot meal. And uh, my point is, I don't think uh, brownie points is the way to go. I think it's a, a very simple philosophy or uh, scripture, actually, more specifically. And that is love your wife as Christ loved the church and she will reciprocate. She will submit. She will uh, uh, be receptive to the things that in life that you would like to do. Uh, but it's not a tit for tat type of thing. And it's not a it's not superficial. It's not a facade. I love my my life all day long, every day. We love each other. Matter of fact, Mitchell, <clears throat> ironically, last year at the uh, at our national event in uh, uh, Metropolis, Illinois, there was a bear hunt uh, for um, a, a bear hunt in Maine, and it was a, a two thousand dollar hunt. And this uh, CBA member, who's also a uh, an outfitter. Uh, his name is Clinton Ashby. He's got a great bear camp up in Maine, and he donated this $2,000 bear hunt. And uh, make a long story short, uh, that included um, a, a second person could go along with you, but they'd have to pay $1,000, so half the price. So make a long story short, I won't get into the gory details, but ultimately I won that uh, silent auction. So my wife and I, Mitzi, are going on a bear hunt in, in September to Maine. Um, and I'm looking forward to our time together. Uh, like I said, we're best friends and we do everything together. And, uh, when I, when we do ministry work, she'll often get on, uh, get in the car with me or truck with me and go wherever I'm going, whether it's speaking at a game dinner or flying with me to Reno, Nevada to, uh, attend the Pope and Young Convention. I mean, we just, uh, um, we are best friends. And so brownie points are really not a, even a consideration. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, let's let's face it. Sinful nature of any individual, if you allow what what we talked about earlier, if if we allow our priorities to come out of whack, it's going to create issues anywhere in your life, specifically your household. And I think one thing that ha I've I've learned is that if you allow that to be any duration of of time to, for that to be out of whack, it's not always the flick of a, of a switch for those things to just come back in the line. Where I'm coming from is, um, you talked about having things at right at home. I mean, I, I know, um, plenty of situations where I've, I've talked with, with hunters and friends where it just wasn't right at home. And it seemed like no matter what happened at home or what they tried to do, uh, it, it, it wasn't right. And, and I think a lot of the times it comes down to commution and co communication in that priority thing. But I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm speaking this on the surface because I'm, I'm a, I'm a young father. I'm a young husband. I'm still learning a lot of this, but I'm trying to be mindful of that because what I don't want to happen is to, to allow my selfish endeavors to, to get ahead. I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. I mean, it's just, it's, it's all food for thought because I, I can think of so many situations where we just allow our own self-interest to impact what's truly important in our household. Yeah. And, uh, and I understood that at a young age and I'm not saying that, uh, at your age that I have the same thinking that I, that I have today. Mm -hmm. um, it's a process. And I think, um, it begins by just yielding to God, spending time in his word, allowing God to speak to you and uh letting him counsel you and i and i believe that you're the kind of man that uh desires to do that and i believe that if you are a god honoring man and you lead by example uh which i you know described a little bit earlier it's it's servant leadership and uh um, we as the head of the household have a fundamental obligation to lead by example and uh so um i know exactly what you're saying 
And uh, and I and uh, and I, I think a lot of these things, a lot of the gray area, a lot of the confusion uh, can be can be uh, cleared up just by, you know, making God a priority in your life, serving him to the best of your ability. And he will open doors and just bless your socks off and allow you opportunities that uh, you, you just can't even imagine. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to go right back to what I said. It's about making him a priority in your life, and then the blessings will come. They really will. Radix Hunting was founded on premium-grade trail cameras and continues striving to produce the best cellular and conventional trail cameras on the market today. The Gen 600 is a second-generation camera from the Gen Series line. With premium video and audio recording capabilities, this product has become well-respected as the HD video trail camera. In addition to the Gen Series cameras, their M-Core cellular camera has all the features of a quality cell camera at an affordable price. Along with their cameras, they offer stick-and-pick trail camera accessories to allow you to set your cameras just right. You can find it all at RadixHunting.com and be sure to follow Radix Hunting on Instagram and Facebook. Want to check out Radix cameras in person? Stop in at Little Mountain Outfitters in Richland, Pennsylvania and have a peek. Now, back to the show. You know, I believe that and understand that as somebody who has accepted this, but I know there's a lot of people, maybe there's people listening to this right now, or there's there's people out there who I've, I've had those conversations with that make that sound so, it sounds so easy, so simple, um, that it's too good to be true, or there's there it's it's a it's a simple mindset, and there's there's got to be more to it than that. So, I I'm gonna lead into my next question um, for you. What does Good Friday, as as we as this episode's on Good Friday, um, leading into Easter, what does Good Friday and Easter Sunday mean to you? Well. Obviously, that is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. And uh, um, there's a quote out there, you know, it says, uh, if uh, we have Jesus, um, we have hope. And without Jesus, we have no hope, you know. And uh, so a lot of people don't think they need uh, Jesus Christ in their life. Uh, but all of us are uh, mortal uh, we're all going to die someday. Uh, so they have to, we have to think in our, our hearts and in our minds, where are we going to spend eternity uh, when we die? Are, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Um, am I prepared to step into eternity? You know, I made that decision a long time ago. Well, fortunately, God uh, loved us. And when he created the world um, thousands of years ago, he created man and woman, as you know, Adam and Eve. And uh, his desire was to have literally paradise on earth, no sin whatsoever. That was the plan. And he and he basically just told them to, you have the entire garden to yourself, just don't eat from this one tree, because if you do eat from this tree, you're going to die. Well, they chose to uh, yield to the temptation of the, the enemy, Satan, uh, who disguised himself as a certain serpent in the Garden of Eden. And as a result, uh, sin came into the world. And what did that mean? Well, what happened? Um, Adam and Eve went and they hid from God. That's what people do today uh, when they sin. They run and hide. If a man uh, commits adultery and uh, his wife finds out, um, he is going to be very embarrassed. He's going to run and hide. So if you go back to, uh, for example, in the Garden of Eden, what was the next thing that God did? Well, God went out and he killed an innocent animal and skinned it. So blood was shed and the skin was used to cover Adam and Eve to basically cover their sin, to cover their shame. And God, because he loves us, would like to restore that relationship that he had originally intended for us in the Garden of Eden. And... Uh, so the only way that he could do that is to send us his son. And God's word says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So um, the fact 
is you have to put your faith in God's son, Jesus Christ, in order to be born again, in order to be saved from the wrath to come. Um, and, and, and people say, well, why would, why do I have to do that? Well, because we're all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that means none of us are perfect. And that means all of us are deserving of hell, eternal punishment, eternal separation from God. But God does not want that. He said in his word that he is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance. So he has provided this way for us to put our faith in Christ so that we can be reconciled to God, have peace in our lives and and have the assurance of knowing that when we die, we, we will be reunited with our loved ones, our Christian loved ones who have gone on to be to heaven, on to heaven, and uh, we will spend eternity with God. Now, when you say, you know, Good Friday, Christ paid a horrible uh, punishment for our sins. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, but mm. I, I watch it every year. And it's a it's a very graphic movie, and uh, my kids uh, uh, think that I'm a masochist because I watch it. But <laughs> I don't watch it because I take any satisfaction in watching Jesus beaten and whipped. Uh, but I watch it because I I I want to see for myself um, and and be reminded of what He did, the price He paid for my sins, so that I could be reconciled to God. Um, so Christ paid that penalty um, and but the good news is Mitchell um, he is God and three days later he rose from the grave and that's what Easter Sunday is all about we celebrate the fact that we have victory and by us putting our faith in Christ we have the assurance of knowing that we're going to go to heaven we're going to be reunited with our loved ones and you know what we live in a very dark and a very evil world and uh, right now I just want to quote a scripture that I was reading before we started, and that is um, in Genesis uh, 6, 5. It says that then the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Well, the reason I quoted that verse is because in the New Testament, <clears throat> the Pharisees were asking Jesus, give us a, a sign of the times when you're going to return or when the, the world of the end will come. Well, he gave the the scripture of it'll be as the same times as it, as it were as in the days of Noah, which I just read that scripture uh, where God uh, decided uh, because man was so evil way back then, he caused a flood to come onto the earth, but yet he spared Noah and his family. Well, we're now living in a time, Mitchell, where there's incredible wickedness uh, going on in the world. And I just, before I came here today, my heart was breaking over this school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee today, where uh, this woman went into this Presbyterian school and shot three children and three school employees. Um, and uh, we have no idea what the motive is, but three children are dead, three people are dead. And, uh, and, and I bring that out to say that, that this is a, a time where there's so much wickedness. And the answer to this problem is not gun control, Guns have been around hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, my, I would, I would rather think it's more like video games and the internet and that's been around 30 years that is contributing to these, these evil things that are going on. But let me just wind this down and just say in conclusion, we have to, we have to change our heart. The book of Jeremiah says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, if we have men of God, that are in godly homes, raising their kids to go to church, go to Sunday school, teaching them God's word, praying with them and, and showing them how they should live, how they should conduct their lives, treating people with respect and loving um, God and learning to fear God. Um, then um, we um, too can um, maybe turn the tide and change things around uh, from where we're going. Um, but the problem is right now is, uh, I don't know when God's going to come back again. God has said in his word, Jesus has said in his word that no man knows the day or the hour when he's going to return, but he's going to come back and he's going to take his church out of here. It's called the rapture and it's in the book of uh, Thessalonians and you can read about it. And uh, the Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout and those that are alive will be caught up and those that are in the grave will be raised 
and we will forever be with the Lord. But my point is, nobody knows when that day is coming. So when I say um, those three people that were shot today, um, the three adults that were shot, I don't know what their heart's like. I don't know if they were ready to step into eternity. Uh, there's a there's a scripture um, in Isaiah that says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Well, we need to call upon God. We need to get our heart ready uh, and, uh, and, and confess our sins, admit that we're a sinner. God's word says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we're prepared to go to heaven. Should Jesus come back, maybe even today, we don't know when he's coming. So, mm -hmm. um, good Friday and Easter. Um, it's not a, it's not, it's not bad news. It's good news. And there's still time and the door of grace is still open and God is not willing that any should perish. And that's what Christian bow hunters of America is all about. Christian bow hunters of America is a ministry to the bow hunting and archery world seeking to exalt and serve Jesus Christ by leading lost people to him and encouraging Christian growth. We are busy nationwide. We have 3,117 members as of today. We have 24 chapters in 16 different states that put on about 550 events where we share God's great outdoors. But at each and every event nationwide, we share the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We share the gospel and how much God loves us and how God desires to be reconciled uh, uh, to, uh, to those that are lost. Uh, so that's what, uh, that's what CBA is all about. And that's what, that's what Easter and what, uh, 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 God means to me and what Jesus Christ to me, means to me. And I hope that I didn't spend too much time or go far off into the weeds. I don't think you went far off into the weeds at all. You know, I'm, it's so hard for me, you know, if, if, if somebody's listening to this as a Christian, uh, they're they're thinking preaching to the choir, right? Yep. And if there's somebody listening to this that's not a Christian, first of all, I'm really happy that you're still part of you know with us after almost 40 minutes of talking about bow hunting and 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 uh, and Jesus Christ. Amen. But my my thing would be uh, you brought up the wickedness of the world, and you know. We're, we've got we got some generation gaps between you and I here, but the one thing I want to ask somebody of wisdom from from you is: Do you think, in in the experiences that you've had in your life, do you think it truly is when people say it's harder now than it was years ago to follow things in a righteous manner, to commit your life things are more complex or is the world more evil or is it just that we've had we have technology at our hands that keeps it to uh you know you know keeps it more prevalent it's more relevant and more uh time sensitive than it once was um you know there's there's all kinds of excuses of why i think we we just pump the brakes on knowing this truth that you and i believe and uh i, I wonder what your thoughts are well, the Bible's clear that the enemy, uh, like a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Uh, the enemy of our souls, Satan, was kicked out of heaven, and he desires to destroy Christians, and he is desirous of taking as many people to hell with him as he can. Uh, but he has no power over Christians. And uh, those that desire to give their heart to Christ, um, they can overcome this evil one. But yes, Mitchell, I believe there are a lot of distractions. I think that we're, that we're, we're being bombarded culturally. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's being thrown at uh, Christians um, and uh, people in general today. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of distractions, but I think... Um, it all boils down to, though, um, people need to make a choice. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses said, I stand before you life, or I set before you life and death. Choose life. And uh, the same is being offered today. Um, it's funny, Mitchell. We don't have any problems about spending eight hours in a tree stand hunting deer, uh, three or four hours watching the Outdoor Channel, watching all kinds of different hunts, whether it's 
a Yukon moose hunt or uh, or a whitetail deer hunt in Kansas, um, we too can get easily sucked into these distractions. It's a discipline. We have to choose God. We have to separate ourselves from the world. Uh, Christians are called to be set apart. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that I think that are professing Christianity that I don't know if they are truly sold out to Christ. Are they truly born again? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bible is clear that you will know them by their fruits. Are these people going to church? Are they taking their wife to the church? Are they taking their children to the church? Are they opening up their Bible every day and sharing out of God's word with their children? Are they praying with their children? You know what? Uh, Jesus warned. He says, you know what? Broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way to eternal life and few find it. Which tells me, I believe that there's a lot of people that think they're Christians that are going to heaven that I don't think are going to heaven. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, they're uh, distracted with the cares of this life. And they're not making God a priority. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's hard this day and age. I mean, when I was a kid, pornography was not even an option. Like on, on the internet, it's so uh, readily available today. Um, if, if, if I wanted to see a Playboy book as a kid, you had to go to a, a, a place uh, like a newsstand that sold those types of things. And then you would have to figure out a way to get one. And you never would, but you would see them. Maybe your friends had one that they stole or they got from their father. But my point is, it was a lot more difficult to access pornography when I was a kid. Yet today, all you got to do is a click of a mouse. You can you can investigate all kinds of things. And I think there's good, godly men uh, that are getting sucked into that. And uh, so I, it's, a, it's a discipline. Paul talks about in Corinthians about us running a race, you know, but we're, we're, we're pursuing a incorruptible crown, not a corruptible crown. You know, it's funny. People will spend time to discipline themselves. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I live up in Western New York. I think of Josh Allen. Uh, we, we, we'd love to win a Super Bowl up here. Okay. He's a great quarterback and he disciplines himself. He's a, he works out in the weight room. He runs. He, he studies the plays. He has a lot of practice with, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs and other receivers and they go through this discipline. They discipline themselves all the time. And they ultimately want to win that prize, the Super Bowl. But we Christians, we have to daily get into God's word, go to church every Sunday. Uh, not only go to church, but take our family to church and invite others to church. And uh, so, yeah, it's there are distractions out there. It is a challenge this day and age. And I know that uh, parents today have their kids involved with many things. Um, I know I, I, I see my, my own grandkids uh, running around, you know, going to different things, ball games and mini league games and dance recitals. And uh, but you got to just you got to put the brakes on and you got to go back to one of my scriptures that I shared at the very beginning. And that is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. So if God's a priority, you can you can find time for God, just like Josh Allen wants the Super Bowl. I want to stand before God someday and I want to hear, I want to hear Jesus say to me, Merle, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the only way I can do that, Mitchell, is if I discipline myself daily to get into his word and pray to God and uh, go to church every time the doors are open and share Christ with those that I come into contact with. That's my life. That's my desire. And God has laid that on me and I, and I'm being blessed, uh, like you would not believe, and I'm so thankful and grateful for God in my life. I think what you brought up there was incredibly, incredibly important, and it's it speaks to me, and it probably speaks to a lot of people, is, you know, <clears throat> narrow is the way, and I, I think you're right. I think there are a ton of people out there who um, either know who Jesus is or think they know who Jesus is, but... Um, there's a lot of distractions out there in order to, to, to get where you, where you think, but maybe you're not quite, um, there. And, and I'm having a difficult, difficult time navigating this and, and conversing it in a way that is easy for understanding, but it leads me to the question in your mind, Merle, like, I just think like disciplining yourself in that way is as a daily thing like you said it's so it's not easy it's no. not easy and it's 
it's so important, but it's not easy. Like the motivation and the and the 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 drive for that discipline. That that's tough. And I, can can you enlighten me on just in your own personal experiences, how and where that comes and where that fueling comes from for you? Because it's something that each and every hunter, man, Christian is is going to face. Well, there's a scripture um, in Peter. It says, uh, like newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Our desire in life um, as a Christian should be to grow and mature in our Christian life. Matter of fact, it says in Romans that we are to basically ultimately uh, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. We are to become Christ-like. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So the challenge comes with um, knowing and understanding um, that um, in order to do that, you have to spend time in God's word. One of my favorite preachers um, of all time and Bible teachers is David Jeremiah. And I read a book and I can't remember the the book that I read. I've read so many of David Jeremiah's books, but I'm going to credit him for the quote. And this is something that you can probably relate to uh, regarding the hunger. And, and um, it's funny. Um, we as uh, men, and I and I'm including you, Mitchell, in this. Um, when our wife says dinner's ready, we can't get there quick enough. And if we end up uh, going to treat ourselves once in a while to the Golden Corral, where there's unlimited food and you just get platefuls of food, we don't have any problem doing that. And we just go there and we just basically pig out. And we eat all the things that we don't normally eat, the shrimp and the, the different types of chicken and all the salads. I mean, it's just awesome. So my point is shift gears with that. That is meeting your physical need. But at some point, no matter how much you eat, you say, that's it. You push the food away. You're absolutely stuck. The neat thing is, and I believe the God ordained thing is with spiritual food, is the more you spend time in God's word, the more you develop your relationship with Jesus Christ, he will literally reciprocate. And no matter how much you, how much time you spend in God's word, you do not get full. You are even more hungry. You can't wait until the next time you can get back into God's word so God can speak into your life and tell you what you should do and what you should not do. That's a great analogy David Jeremiah shared, and that really sticks in my mind. And God is faithful um, to do that. And I, like I said, I've been—I'm uh, a, a living example of um, of His abundant blessing in my life as a result of me disciplining myself and making Him a priority in my life. Mm. Merle, let I, me I, let me just can I just share one more thing? Please do, please. Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, my wife's sitting actually, and. I'm, I'm, I'm glad she's sitting here, but she reminded me to quote David Jeremiah's uh, poem, and that is about we as human beings, okay? There's an ongoing struggle in us, Mitchell. Uh, the, the flesh wants to do all the things of the world, and the spiritual things wants to obey God. So it's an ongoing battle, and this is another David Jer- Jeremiah quote. So um, this is the kind of thing you want to write down and put in your Bible. It says, uh Two natures beat within my breast. One is cursed. One is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. That's powerful. It is. That's David Jeremiah. That's powerful. And I'll speak for myself solely. Um, It's really easy to feed the... uh, to feed the one that wants to go bow hunting and, and endeavors of whitetails and pursuing big antlers. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Oh, man. Merle, I, I want to be mindful of your time. And, uh, I, again, I really appreciate you just talking about kind of your career and leading with bow. I, I, I kind of wouldn't mind if you would just share a little bit more of anything else you'd like to share about Christian bow hunters of America and anything you'd like to, to leave us with and anybody listening to this with. Well, sure. I, uh, I'm, uh, obviously an ambassador for Christian bow hunters of America. I love the ministry. The ministry has been good to me. God is really blessing the ministry. And, 
Um, I will just tell you about some of the things that we're involved with. Uh, in a few weeks, I'm flying to uh, uh, Reno, Nevada, um, and I'm going to be at the Pope and Young Convention. I'm really looking forward to that. There's going to be 800 to 1,000 men and women there. Um, all of the, uh, uh, the 2021 and 22 uh, archery uh, kills uh, will be on display, the, the, the trophies, the, the world records. And uh, I will have an opportunity to minister with these people. Uh, these people uh, are good people. They're great hunters. I know one guy that went on three different sheep hunts uh, in the Northwest Territory. These people have to be millionaires. But he went on three sheep hunts and he spent $60,000 each time in order to get the sheep that he finally ultimately killed. But I'll have the opportunity to witness to these people and tell them, you know, it's great to get your name recorded in the Pope and Young record book. But it's much more important to get your name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. I've been asked to pray over the meal on Saturday night where there'll be <clears throat> probably a thousand people in attendance. The MC for the awards program is Tom Miranda. We all know Tom Miranda. I love his bow hunting videos. I think, to be honest with you, me personally, um, he's probably one of the best as far as producing uh, outdoor bow hunting uh, uh, videos in the industry. I just love him and I love his I love his uh, captions and I love his excitement. He's just very contagious. So th this is this is what we do. And uh, so we're always looking for new members. So if people are interested in joining Christian Bowhunters, we would love to have more people join Christian Bowhunters of America. Check out our website, ChristianBowhunters.org. You can join online. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. We're, we're, uh, we're very um, active on Facebook. And... Uh, we have our national shoot, which is going to be held this uh, summer, July 21st and 22nd. We're going to be in Mountain Home, Arkansas. We anticipate uh, 300, maybe as many as 500 people at that event. <clears throat> and we're going to have um, a great silent auction. We have many uh, outdoor um, uh, businesses that have uh, donated uh, some very nice products for our silent auction to raise money for Christian bow hunters. Uh, Matthews Archery is, is one of our biggest uh, supporters. Uh, they've donated uh, a bow for our spring silent auction and our um, auction this summer. And uh, they also advertise in our magazine, our quarterly magazine. And a lot of other people, Bear Archery has donated products. H &H, HHA Sports um, has donated products. We just have a plethora of bow hunting gear that we're going to be uh, silent, and, uh, silent auctioning off at our event uh, to raise money for the, the ministry. But if you're a Christian and you love the Lord and you love to bow hunt, you really want to check out Christian Bow Hunters of America. We're a great organization. Feel free to call me. I'd love to chat with you um, on the phone. Uh, our, my, my personal phone number is on the website and uh, we'd love to, we'd, we'd love to have more members. Uh, it's a great ministry. It's been around since 1984. And I'm proud to uh, admit and, and proclaim that our dear founder, Reverend David L. Ruz, um, is 80 years old. He'll be 81 this September, and he still serves on our board of director, and he's still climbing tree stands at 530 in the morning in the dark with his recurve and still flinging arrows at whitetails. So he's a great man. He's been a great inspiration to me, and I'm very thankful that he's still around. Yeah, talk about talk about awesome. I hope when I'm 80 years old, I still have the drive and passion for bow hunting uh, that he has for that. Um, Merle, I I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day, speaking this this truth with us, um, helping some of us whether we uh, whether it's a, a truth we believe, but there's things that we're struggling with in our life to to quite understand as far as uh, the, the the priorities in our life. Or, or maybe if somebody's listening to this and doesn't know what the heck we're talking about, uh, I encourage anybody to reach out to Merle, reach out to myself, and, and ask questions. Yeah, by all means. So My contact information is on the website, and uh, like I said, I'm also an ordained minister, and I spend a lot of time counseling people over the phone. And uh, if anybody has any questions about... Uh, their mortality and where they're going to spend eternity. I would love to, to converse with them and put any issues they have at rest and assure them that by putting their faith in Christ, they can spend eternity in heaven. Would you like to, uh, would you like to end this episode with a prayer? It would be my honor. Thank you. 
Father, we do thank you and we do praise you, Lord, for this opportunity uh, to come into your very presence. And we thank you that you have uh, been faithful and that you have showed up here tonight, Lord. And we thank you for Mitchell and for this uh, podcast uh, that he has been doing, Lord. And I pray that you would uh, bless him and his family and this uh, ministry that he's involved with, Lord, raising the awareness of of, of ministry and uh, the very fact of uh, the gospel uh, during his time of discussion about bow hunting. Uh, Christian Bow Hunters of America is a wonderful ministry, and it's all about uh, enjoying the great outdoors with our loved ones. It's all about uh, sharing the hunting stories and and even the ones that get away, Lord. But most, most importantly, it's about uh, assurance of knowing that uh, we are born again, that we can one day stand before you uh, spotless before the throne and hear from you, Lord, uh, uh, enter into the joy of the Lord. So I thank you, Lord, again, for this opportunity to witness for you. I thank you for Mitchell and for this opportunity to, to speak to those that are hearing. I pray that they might have receptive hearts, receptive ears, and if they have any questions that they might call Mitchell or I so that we could continue, dear God, to answer any questions that they might have. Continue to bless uh, Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast and Christian Bowhunters of America. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Merle. Thank, I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure, Mitchell. Thank you again, and God bless you.